on the terror in Zimbabwe. You are clearly mistaken, Jim Fish replied. I know for a fact, and my friend and mentor, Soviet Malala, has confirmed it, that across the Limpopo lies the land of the free, ruled by a kindly man, Robert Gabriel Mugabe, great friend of the eternal leader of North Korea, Kim Il-sung to whom all oppressed people look up as living creatures look up to the sun. If you believe that, you are in for a sad surprise, said the ferryman of the Limpopo. Then again, the ignorance of South Africans is limitless and legendary, and nothing can help it. But if you truly wish to find out what lies across the river in Zimbabwe, you will need to arrive on the feather bank without being eaten. For a modest sum, we will carry you over. When Jim Fish told them he had no money, the boatman very kindly accepted his wristwatch in full and final payment, and at nightfall they paddled him across the Limpopo. The moment they deposited their passenger on the far bank, they hurried back to the South African side of the river as if their lives depended on it. How odd! thought Jim Fish, to wish to flee from the land of the free, and he set off with a happy heart. He had not gone far when a jeep packed with heavily armed soldiers wearing red berets drew up beside him. "'What are you doing on this road in broad daylight?' the soldiers demanded, astonished by Jim Fish's lack of fear. "'I'm on my way to the capital, where I hope to meet Robert Gabriel Mugabe, the great leader of this free land, comrade in arms of Kim Il-sung, dear leader of North Korea.' "'You're a lucky man,' the soldiers told him. "'We are the Red Division, a secret Zimbabwean force, trained by those very same North Koreans, to serve as the iron fist of our own great dear comrade leader. You are a most welcome volunteer,' to fight shoulder to shoulder with us against the filthy dissidents in this province of Matabililand. Jim Fish did not remember volunteering, but he was too polite to disagree when the soldiers pulled him into the jeep and drove him to their camp. There they fed him and gave him a bed, and Jim Fish was happy to be in a land where the colonialists had melted away, the settler entity would soon be no more, and the masses rejoiced in freedom and peace. The next day he was shaken awake at dawn and sent on a route march of many miles to a rifle range where he was taught to use a gun, and then marched back to the camp, singing a revolutionary hymn adapted from a Korean original. Homage to peasant number one, beloved leader, bright messiah, whose holy light outshines the suns, whose eyes are lakes of liquid fire. Like rats his enemies succumb and roast upon their funeral pyre. When Jim Fish asked who precisely was being honoured in this tribute, the soldiers explained it was the battle hymn of the Red Division, sung at sunrise to honour either Kim Il-sung or the great leader of Zimbabwe. It did not matter which, since the two were interchangeable. Before sunrise the next day, though grateful for his training, his food, and his bed, Jim Fish decided it was time to be on his way, and left the camp quietly, not wanting to wake anyone.
He had not gone far when a helicopter swooped low overhead. Bullets peppered the red dust around him, and he was arrested, manacled, and flown back to the camp of the Red Division, where he was charged with desertion. Each day he was bound to a tree with barbed wire and whipped with electric flex until the flesh of his back ruptured. Then he was locked in one of the giant metal shipping containers that were used as classrooms or brothels, or holding cells for suspected spies and dissident members of the division. Jim Fish was dismayed by this treatment, and knew he should be angry. But try as he might, he could not feel revolutionary fury that was the rocket fuel of the lumpen proletariat. After some days, bruised, bleeding, and close to dying of thirst, he asked his captors why he should be treated in this way.